Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Basketballers Podcast. Kyle along with Chris, as always. What's up? Oh, not too much. Um, lots of good games last night. It was a treat. It was it was really a treat. Let, let's just hop right into it and let's just start talking about those games. Um, we uh, we actually watched the games together, had a good night last night. Um, a few of the boys over and we were going crazy during that Houston-Toronto game, man. What are your thoughts on that? Look, I... I said it like eighteen thousand times last night, but I'm genuinely impressed. I am. I am genuinely I'm impressed. Ge- with I'm the genuinely Raptors. impressed with the Raptors. <laughs> I thought honestly, I I, I, did, I don't think I, I told anyone, but I, I had a feeling that Houston was going to come in and win because like seventeen in a row, man, they're just cruising. Like even even if you do lose a game on the road to Toronto, like oh, they were flames. They were complete <laughs> flames during that thing, bro. They were they were looking unstoppable. So and and like I don't know what to think about this Raptors team because like. They've proven to me that they can beat, like, they, they lost, I think, by two against Golden State in that big comeback game. They lost by two. So they can play with Golden State. They just beat Houston. Like, I just don't know how it's going to be different in the playoffs. And I, and I just I, I just can't wait for the playoffs to come so we can see, you know, Cleveland against Toronto. You know, probably, you know, it'll probably be Cleveland and Toronto. And then we can see, you know, potentially we can see the Raptors in the finals this year. Like, I, I honestly, like... I'm going into the Eastern Conference playoffs with no expectations. I have no clue who's going to win their matchups. Like Boston could be out in the first round. All my expectations are it's going to be a damn good. It's playoffs. going to be a good playoff season. Look, when it comes to the game, like the Raptors played really, really well. Like especially in the first half, they were in complete control. Like they were, they they had. Um, not Harden, but I mean the Rockets all together. They they had locked them down, like except Harden. It's sixteen points at uh, sixteen points after the first quarter. They only had forty three after the second. Like they just found a way to kind of keep, um, you know, Houston. I mean, Houston was missing a lot of shots. Like Gordon kind of struggled earlier uh, earlier in the first half. You know, Harden obviously wasn't <laughs> struggling. That guy fifteen for twenty one. Oh, oh my god. But but it seemed like I mean in the first half it seemed like he wasn't just having an impact like I mean he, he was had a, it, it was almost kind of like it wasn't really until the fourth quarter that you really took notice of him yeah like in the first half like he was playing well he was hitting shots and he was you know getting to the rim and and, and you know ooping to Capella and stuff but it just didn't seem like he had that James Harden MVP kind of impact on the game but you know second half came around the Rockets really picked it up they started hitting some shots Gordon started knocking some threes down. Uh, Ariza was making some nice plays, and then Harden kind of took over, you know, late in the third quarter, uh, into the fourth quarter. They went on a run, and the the Rockets, there was one point, it was I think it was 78-73 for the Raptors. Joe Johnson, catch and shoot three right at the top of the three, and he missed. And I think, like, if he makes that shot, cuts the lead to two, I think it's a, it's a completely different game. Like, And then th- literally the next possession, DeRozan came down and hit a three. It's a big swing, right? right? It's so, a six-point swing right there. And th- that was happening a lot. There was a lot of times last night in the game where Houston would cut it down to two to four points. And then Toronto would go down and hit a three, whether it would be Van Vliet. Lowry was on fire last night. DeRozan was hitting big-time shots last night. Yeah. Valanciunas had a really good game. He, really he had some game. big free throws down the end. And like that was a really good team win. You really noticed... You really just, and that, that was a game that you could look at, and you realize like how much of a team Toronto has become. Because you, though you go back last year, it's Lowry, DeRozan taking turns, taking. And, and one thing that kind of not worries me, but I just I wonder like how it'll play out in the playoffs is um if you look at uh, you know Lowry had one hell, I think he shot ten for fourteen, seven for nine, from seven three. for, and though he played amazing, I wonder you know 
he's not going to shoot seven for nine every game in the playoffs, right? So I, I just wonder, you know, if they're going to be able to, and they only won by three points. So I just wonder if they're going to be able to find other ways. Like, you know, like you said, it was a great team win, but are they going to be able to win off shooting performances like that in the playoffs? That's kind of where I'm just, I'm just not sure yet. Yeah, and another thing too, I wonder. I'm kind of interested in where Houston's going to go from this. I could, I could easily see Houston racking off another seven to ten straight wins. Yeah, and that's easily. the thing. If you're Houston, there's nothing wrong with losing yeah. on the road to Toronto. Like, it's not like they came into Charlotte and lost. Like, they lost to the team with the best record in the Eastern Conference. Like, this is not like something that Houston's going to go home and hang their hats. Like, it they, felt they lost. so weird seeing this is. The best team in the East versus the best team in the West. And it's so weird seeing Houston versus Toronto in that scenario. Because yeah. so many times we've seen Golden State versus Cavs in that scenario. Yeah. Um, do you think it's going to be a Houston-Toronto final? Oh, man. I, I think there's a better chance of Toronto making it to the finals than Houston. Um, oh, for sure. I, I think, like... Those these guys and the Warriors over in the West. There, or... There's a shot it could end up being a Houston-Toronto final. Um, look, I... I you know, I don't want to sit here and play off injuries, but, you know, you never know what's going to happen with Curry's ankle. Like, especially in the playoffs, like, there's no reason why he's not going to tweak his ankle in the playoffs. Like, you know, and, and you don't want to make predictions based off an injury, but look, you never know what's going to happen in a best-of-seven series between Houston and Golden State. You and, could, Harden could come out and have, literally, the series of his life. He could play. Or he could, or he could or, be playoff Harden. Like right, always. you know what I mean? So, like, you just don't know what's going to happen. Am I putting money on Houston Toronto? No, I think Golden State will probably beat them in in six games. Um, but you know, it's looking more and more likely that Toronto is going to come out of the East. You know, Cleveland hasn't really found out found their groove yet with this team. Like LeBron's been playing amazing, but it's not transferring over to team wins and, and team basketball, and and that kind of worries me because I'm like they lost by 14 last night against the Clippers. Exactly. Like I don't know what they're going to look like come playoff time. And, and, you know, they have LeBron, so they're going to be able to get out the first round. They're going to bring Boston a tough series if they're in that 2-3 matchup. But I just don't know, like, if they're going to be able to make it through a Boston series, let alone a Toronto series. LeBron made a really good point, though, when he he, he came out and said, like, are you going to, do you mind, like, what seed you're in? And he said, I don't care if I'm the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh seed. If I'm coming into your building game one, you're expecting it's going to be a tough game. And it's, it's really true. Like, can you really say that there's home court advantage against LeBron James team? Because we've seen it countless times before where LeBron has come in to a, a, another arena and he's put on a show and he's led his team to victory. Yeah. So it's just at this point in our lives, it's so, so hard to to bet against LeBron in the playoffs. It's, it's so hard to do it's it. It's hard, but it's becoming more – it's becoming easier, I think. Like, as LeBron gets older and as his teams get weaker, like, this is not, like – I mean, the team they have now is, is is deep, and it's definitely got a nicer bench than and the, the We also got to keep in mind, though, Kevin Love's still injured. Is he expected to be back for the playoffs? Is he's that... expected to be back. I think he's, he's he'll be either be back for the playoffs or a, a couple weeks before and the playoffs. And the kind of the nice thing about having Kevin Love back is it's not going to really take much time to kind of integrate him back into the offense because he's just a guy you're going to... He's like a not a plug-and-play player, but he's a guy you can throw it on the court and, you know, he's going to catch and shoot, right? Yeah. It's not like bringing in Isaiah Thomas where you're going to completely re, redevelop your offense and completely change everything, right? So... And if you think about it, that really gives them that second scoring option in the starting because look at their starting lineup right now. They've got LeBron. Uh, they've got J.R. Smith. Who's their starting... Po- who's even their starting point guard right now? George Hill. Yeah, jo- oh yeah, sorry, George Hill. 
I mean, yeah, th- those are all guys who are capable of scoring 10 to 15 points a game, being the second role. But having Kevin Love in there as the second option is really going to help them a lot, I think. And we saw all year, like whenever um, Isaiah Thomas was out, we saw that when Kevin Love is kind of, when he knows that he is the second option, he plays amazing. Like he played some unreal basketball before this injury leading up to it. And it was all because that he was he knew he was the second option. LeBron knew he was the section, second option. He wasn't... You know, going back and back and forth between Kyrie, like everyone knew that Kevin Love was the second best player. He was the second scoring option on that team, and he played like it. And and look, it's going to go back to that. And I think it's good for Kevin Love. It's good for LeBron. It's gonna get, it's gonna take some pressure off of him in terms of you know getting buckets, especially like in a fourth quarter scenario in a playoff game. I think it's gonna be important that Kevin Love's gonna be able to catch, shoot, and hit threes. And it's just gonna make the team better. Like and I. You know, there will be kind of an integration process, but it's not going to be anything like... It won't be anything severe, I don't think. Yeah, it'll be, you know, just a matter of finding Kevin Love's spots and being able to run sets for him and get him open shots. Well, we were watching the game last night. It's just so crazy to see, like, how well LeBron can make everyone around him so much better. Yeah. This guy is just on another level. Like, we watched it. There's, like, two or three plays in a row where LeBron just was at the top of the three-point line. They run their offensive set, and, like, Larry Nance is, is under the... Under the basket, wide open. Bro, LeBron I'm, hits him with a laser pass. Nance dunks it. Like it's, it's unreal. I'm convinced. If LeBron wanted to, and all he would do for the entire game was drive the bucket, LeBron could score 50 a game. I'm I, I'm honestly convinced on that. Just watching him go, nobody can stop him around the rim. If he's if he's coming at you at the rim, it's either going to be a foul and and one, or he's going to slam it down your throat. Like oh, he's so good. He's just, but I think like part of. Part of the reason he doesn't do that is because he wants to preserve his body. Like, he wants to be able to play until yeah, he's 38, true. 39, yeah. right? So, like, we, we kind of, like, we praise him for being able to adapt and change his game, but then we kind of, like, you know, we criticize him for not doing what he's good at. But it's like, you can't have it both ways. Um, but, I mean, like you said, like, he's he's unreal. Like, and, I mean, same with Durant. Like, we watched the Golden State-Portland game as well, and, like, Durant is just unreal. Durant's pulling up from three and hitting it. And he doesn't, he, like, it's no hesitation. He just does it. And it's it's stupid. Like, it doesn't, like, it's, I don't even know what to say about it. Like, it, it's it's ridiculous the way he can just do that. And, and, like, they played, I mean, Curry wasn't playing last night, but Golden State. Five, was, top, five of their top ten rotation players weren't playing last night. And, and Golden State was playing with Portland, and a very hot Portland, too. Like it, was a, it was a 120. They ended up losing by 17, but that doesn't tell the story of the game. Yeah. It was a close game up until the final two and a half minutes of the game. And a one, like the Warriors were up 70. They were up by five points at one point in the game. And it, and like you said, this is five of their top ten starting rotation players. I think if Golden State is healthy and they have all those players, dude, they're smoking Portland in Portland. And I mean, you're, you're Lillard and McCollum, they're going to get their score the 30 each because they're just incredible, bro. They're, they're bucket getters. They know how to score. They've, they've L- been doing Lillard's all their been careers. playing some of the best basketball of, of his career over the last, you know, three weeks. And it's just been. Un- it's, it's just he been- shot four for 10 from three last night after coming off in an eight for 11 three game. Like, oh. this guy is just shooting the absolute lights out. Nine games in a row for Portland, bro. They're, they're going to they're gonna get third place. They've I think. kind of separated themselves. They're not running away with it, but they've. There's, I think, a game and a half now between them and New Orleans for fourth, and Davis is out, so, like, you know. And New Orleans has a pretty tough schedule heading up, too. Yeah. So, I could I could see them by, within next week, maybe Portland being two and a half, three games ahead. Yeah. Oh, man. Like, we, we've talked about this so many times about the West being. Clippers, they ended up slipping into the West. 
They're in the eighth right now. And Utah's now thirty six and thirty. Like Utah just doesn't lose either. Like they've won. They're fourteen and two over their last sixteen games. Think about that. That's that's wild. And, and, and that's the thing. Like Kyle, you brought it up the other day. Like Toronto and Boston both have playoff berths, right? You look at the Western Conference, um, Houston and Golden State both have three or four more wins than Toronto, but they don't have a playoff berth yet because yeah. the ninth and 10th teams, even the Lakers, right? They're, they're so close to that eighth spot. So, like, they just don't they don't, they just don't have that playoff spot, and it just goes to show, like... Well, think of it. The 10th team right now is Denver, and they're 35-29. and 29. So... They have still have like eighteen games left to play. If say if they win out, that's they're on pay. They could win fifty three games. Yeah. So that's why, like, even at fifty one games, you're still not guaranteed to play a lot. Obviously, the eighth seed isn't going to have fifty three wins. That's a bit absurd. But just the fact that we're here in March, like almost mid March now, two teams have fifty one wins each, and they haven't even clinched yet. It's just insane. Well, you, you look at the East, and there's already two teams that have clinched it already at 47, 48 wins. Right? It's a completely different. Different scenario. Yeah. How do you think? Um, how do you think the uh, West is going to play out? Do you think? So we, we've been talking all this time about the three teams of Denver, Utah, and the Clippers. They're kind of bouncing around between eighth spot. But who's to say that Minnesota without Butler or Spurs without Leonard slip down in the mix too? And this is kind of a point I made on last week's episode. Was like you just don't know. Like any of these teams. Like I said, like the Pelicans are fourth right now, but. So they're a game and a half out of ninth, and without Davis, they're going to miss Davis for a couple of games here, and, and even with Davis, like they're gonna, they were going to cool down. Like they've won so many games in a row, but they're going to cool down. Like this isn't, you know, a, a great team. Like they're missing Boogie. Like this is, they're playing. They're just riding a wave of momentum right now. And yeah. credit them because Davis has played phenomenal basketball, MVP level basketball. But it's going to slow down. They're going to cool down. Um, you know, like we said last week, and, and I think they will. Like, they, I mean, they lost uh, last night uh, or two nights ago. And, 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 you know, depending on when Davis comes back, like, they could they could lose two or three in a, three in a row. And, and before you know it, they could be in ninth, tenth place looking, on, you know, on the outside looking in. So, and the same thing with Spurs without Kawhi. Like, you know, they're losing games now and then. And same with Minnesota. They've lost a couple games in the last week or so. So, like... And even with the Thunder and all any of these teams, we could we could total. There's a, there's a realistic situation where any of these teams, even Portland, for goodness sakes, like Portland could lose four in a row, right? It just doesn't. There's just no way to possibly speculate or predict how this is going to work out. Like we have eight teams fighting for six spots right now, and it's just it's hell. Yeah, it's literally you. You'll have Golden State and Houston. They're they're their own tier. Okay, they're twelve and a half games. They're safe. But there's there's nothing guaranteed. You're not promised anything in the West this year. From third to eighth, you're not promised a damn thing. And you're gonna have to win. Or you're or not sorry. You're gonna have to play your heart out every single game for the rest of the season if you want to sniff the playoffs. Because there's people coming, man. Jazz, they want it. They're 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 rocking towards it. They're playing out of their minds. Denver, they want to prove something. They're a young team. They want to make the playoffs. They want to prove, hey, we can do what these other guys can do, okay? Clippers, they still want to stay competitive. They want to make the playoffs. Spurs, they, Kawhi needs to get back as soon as possible. If he's been cleared and he, he, he knows that he can play and he wants to help his team, he's going to come back as soon as he can. Butler is a really unfortunate situation, especially for Minnesota now with everything going on. But when you look at tonight's game, we'll get to this more into the hot take. But um, 
OKC versus San Antonio. Bro, they're both tied. They're both 14 games back. If OKC beats San Antonio, they're in 5th or 4th place after tonight. They went literally from 7th to 4th over and one game. And think the Spurs are going back to like 8th. <laughs> yeah, now the Spurs are in 7th. It's just... All we know, we could potentially see a San Antonio-Houston matchup in the first round. We could literally see any matchup now. Yeah. Like last, the last few years, you've had your four top teams in the West. You've had the Warriors, the Rockets, the Thunder, and then you've had the Clippers or the Jazz were there last year. They were fourth or fifth. It, they were fifth, sorry. And but now there's just a, such a mishmash of teams. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And it's it's going to be such a fun ride. And, and one thing I just want to point out point out about the Clippers, like we got we got to give credit to them. This is that honestly crazy. The Clippers have a better record since the since the Blake Griffin trade than the Pistons have since getting Griffin. Tobias Harris has been playing out of his mind. The Clippers, you need to credit them because I think we said it like on an earlier episode. Like, you know, where do the Clippers go from here? Like, do they do they try to rebuild? Like, are they do they want to stay competitive and, and you know be that middle of the pack kind of kind of area in the Western Conference? But look. The Clippers are only a couple games from third or fourth in the West, right? So, like, you just... And this is another thing. It goes back to the whole argument about tanking. Like, does tanking work? Like, I, like it doesn't work. I, like, I don't think we've seen... Like, I mean, Philadelphia's in a pretty good spot because of us. Yeah, but that's really it. Like, they, they got lucky with crazy first-round picks. And, they, and they've been unlucky because a lot of these guys have been injured. And they, they if you think about it, they, they you know, Okafor... Was a was a strike? You know, you missed out on Nerlens Noel. Like, okay, Nerlens Noel and Okafor. I don't think they were strikes. I think that was more of them not getting the right opportunity. Because like, Philly had a lot, way too much big men to handle. Noel re- was a really good player. Like a lot of people forget, Jalil Okafor averaged seventeen to six his, his rookie yeah. season. He was a he was a really good player, and he was just never given the opportunity in Philadelphia for some reason. See, and this is another thing too that you got to look at, and this is why I'm I'm not convinced that Minnesota San Antonio will make the playoffs. Okay, so you have. Utah, who's eight and two over their last ten, Denver, who's six and four over their last ten, and Clippers are seven and three over their last ten. Then you look at Minnesota, who's four and six over their last ten, wow. and San Antonio, who's three and seven over their last ten. So these, if these teams keep losing and the other three teams keep winning, it's going to be a complete switch up. <coughs> wow! Look, literally every single game matters, man. And, and it's crazy because. We said last week about how, you know, if a team gets hot, they're going to end up in third or fourth. That's exactly what happened. Portland got hot. Pelicans got hot. They're third and fourth right now, right? So it's amazing just how it's kind of turned out. Like, what do we got? We've got 15 to 18 games left for everyone. Like you said, every game matters. It's so sad that, like, two of these teams have to miss the playoffs. Right. Like, these guys have worked so hard through the entire season. And you're you're probably going to see two teams in the West this year that finish above 500 but won't make the playoffs. And this goes back to like what it was a few years ago. Like, remember when Phoenix won 40, Phoenix won forty seven forty seven games and didn't make the playoffs? Yeah, I well, who I think that Dallas was the A seed with forty eight wins. Like that that's absolutely insane. And you're gonna be you're probably gonna see that in the, the exact same thing this year. Yeah, the teams are just so stacked, and everyone's they're all they're all really solid teams. If you put any of those bottom or if you put any team from fourth to tenth in the West in the East, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Miami Heat wouldn't be making the playoffs. Philadelphia or Milwaukee wouldn't be making the play. It would be the West teams. And this kind of goes back to like that 1 through 16 thing. Like we, I, I heard a quote. I saw a quote the other day on, on Twitter, and it said, I think it was a Western Conference executive or a GM that said, 
um, look, if, if the NBA kind of proposed this, you know, a 1 through 16 format for the playoffs, you'd see 15 hands up, Western Conference GMs putting their hands up because that's what they want. Because think about it, you'd have 10 teams from the Western Conference in that 16, out of those 16 teams, right? And like, if you look at the East, like, it's the top eight, like, it's unreal. Like, 36 wins is the what ninth, uh, what 10th place in the West has. Philadelphia's in sixth in the East, and they're 35 and 29, right? So, so yeah, and then, and, yeah, and then they, they would be on the cusp of not making the playoffs right? in the West. So, you could really have a situation where you've got 10 teams, you know, 11 teams from the Western Conference. Let me hear your thoughts on a 1 through 16. I don't know. Um, I just don't think it makes it any more entertaining because, like, if you, I, I mean, the, the the point of it is, you know, you have the best, the sixteen best teams in the playoffs with a chance at a championship, and you don't miss out on teams with forty seven wins who aren't making it. Where you, you know, you're in the East, where 44, 44 wins is getting you into the Eastern Conference playoffs, right? But if if you really look at the matchups, like right now, it would be Houston versus I'm trying to think who's Utah. The, like, is that any more entertaining than Houston versus the... the no, and you, you strike a good point. Like, the one one sixteen game, the two fifteen game, they're, they're still not going to be that interesting. Obviously, the best games are going to be the 8-9, the 10-7, and seven, stuff like that. And that, and that's just a given. But I think what what the more the push is, is to make sure that it is the best of the best the going in towards Because, I mean, you, you can argue... Um, there's been a couple times where there's been West teams that have battled out, and a lot of people say like that should have been the finals. Whereas other times in the year where the East and West have really good playoff series, and at the same time, like another argument against the one sixteen, and I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate, but like when people say, um, you know, a one sixteen format would would could potentially make it to where the two best teams, regardless of seed, regardless of anything, are going to make the the finals. That's not necessarily true because you could end up having, uh, like, like, let's say uh, Toronto finishes with a better record than another team in the West. Like, let's say they finish with a better record than Houston or, or Cleveland. We could look at Cleveland and say Cleveland's the best team in the East. They might not have the best record, but they've got they're the best team. They have the best chance at winning a championship coming out of the Eastern Conference. But they're the third seed, right? So the only way a one sixteen format wins in the argument of the two best teams making it to the finals is if the two best teams are the number one seed, right? Yeah, and, that, and that's not guaranteed. And that's not guaranteed at all. Like you could still have Cleveland playing. You could end up with Cleveland playing Houston in or Golden State in like the third round. Like it doesn't. I just don't think like the the idea of it. Like the idea of change is interesting, and it, you know it, it makes us think about you know where the league is going to go. But at the end of the day, like I. Just stick with what you have. Like, it, I, I don't think they should make that change. It's really like you, you can never really base a team's full potential on what their regular season record is. Yeah. Like uh, with injuries and whatnot. The the Warriors are fifty one and fourteen. Curry's missed about fifteen games. Add Curry into those games, they, they potentially have three or four more or less losses. Yeah. Hell, they may even have maybe six or seven more or less losses. And that's what it comes down to is this it's so unpredictable. Heck, if save Harden were Ended up getting injured for the rest of the season. Then Houston's not. Houston's going to finish awful. There's just way too much different things to put onto it to hope that the top, the best two skilled teams end up playing each other in the finals. And here's another thing I had said to you, Kyle, was like when this was before the Raptors game last night, but when Harden, Chris Paul, and Clint Capella all play, the Rockets were thirty, I guess thirty three or thirty four and one. 
they had lost once when their three main guys played, which is just unreal. Because that's like a 75, you know, 78, 79 win pace. Like, that's stupid. Like, and again, like, if Harden and Chris Paul don't miss those games at the end of the season, Houston probably have more of a lead in, for this for this first place Western Conference uh, race than they do right now. But same like, like you just said, vice versa. Curry misses, doesn't miss those games. Durant doesn't miss those games. That, that's another thing, too. There, there's literally happened where, I think it would happen at the beginning of the year, where Durant missed two or three weeks. Curry was playing. And literally, as soon as Durant got back, Curry injured his ankle, and he was out for ten games. Yeah. Dude, give, the, like, give both these teams their full players' potential. You could see... I could honestly see both these teams winning 68 to 70 games. Yeah. <laughs> it really, if they play their full potential, no injuries, no nothing, bro, they're winning 68 to 70 games. Which is... Just unreal. On un- absurd. We'll even look back at whenever they, whenever the Warriors won seventy three and nine, bro. Knock, knock, knock. Spurs were there with a sixty seven and fifteen record. Like if you put that in a consider, the Warriors won seventy three and nine and only won it by like what three three games. It just, just absolutely mind blowing. So it's it just- wow. And that's that's a testament to the Spurs. How good the Spurs have just remained over the last. Like, I, like, Kyle, you said to me the other day, we were like, oh, like, the, the Warriors won 50 games. This is, like, their fifth, this will be their fifth straight season where they won 50 games. Yeah, and then Spurs have done it 18 times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, wow, the Warriors are so crazy, bro. They won 50 wins, five, or, yeah, had 50 wins, five straight seasons. Look, Spurs, the Spurs need to go 12-5 and five to, for their 19th straight 50 wins. I'm like, okay, like, let's settle that. 19 straight years to be that dominant. For that long is just absurd. And you mentioned, do you think the Warriors could do that? Uh, yeah, this, I was literally just thinking about it. Like, I said this to Kyle yesterday or the day before. I said, like, we look at what the Spurs were, where they kind of had David Robinson, and that was, you know, they had Robinson through his prime, and then they kind of passed the torch on to the Tony Parker, Tim Duncan, Monte Ginobili era, and then they're kind of passing it on to Kawhi Leonard, right? Like, the Spurs have just remained dominant because they've just always had a steady kind of lineup of stars that have been able to kind of carry them to 51 seasons to, to you know, second round conference finals, playoff runs. And you have to think, too, this is a really smart executive team, uh, executive in the Warriors. Steph and Clay have both both fully said they want to be with the Warriors for this year. We don't know what Durant's going to do, who knows, but Dur- Durant will be there for the rest of his prime, I think, yeah. for sure. And then you got Jordan Bell, who showed a lot of promise. He's still really young, but he in, in, a, in a warrior system, anyone can show a lot of promise. Uh, Patrick McCaw has shown signs of promise. I'm not saying signs of greatness, but he's definitely shown that he can lead the team. And then what what this does is it creates the Warriors to be such a huge market for free agents. And who we don't know what kind of draft picks the Warriors will get. Ginobili was never supposed to be what he was, and. Especially you, you the the Warriors can develop anybody in their system, and, and that's the thing. Like you, you, you hit the nail on the head. Like the Warriors, you put any player in the Warriors system, David West, and they look great. Like, David West is not playing on any other team in the league. Exactly, but he's in there and he's being he's he's efficient. He gets shots, he gets good shots, and he scores and he rebounds and he plays defense. He's like a twenty three per. Like he does his job, and that's what makes the Warriors so good. It's like the Warriors bench. Is better than most teams in this league. Like right? I, I've said it before, I, I, I'm fully convinced. If you take every player on the Warriors bench, take out the top five Warriors, make the bench Warriors a team, they're a seventh to eighth team in the East. I will, I'll stick by that too. And it's it's unreal because I don't know, man. I we're we're so blessed. The Warriors, and, and I guess the point we were trying to make is like we could see a situation where the Warriors go on a run similar to the Spurs, like. You got you have Curry. How old's Curry? Twenty six, twenty seven. Curry's twenty eight. Twenty eight. Um, 
like he's got three, four years of, of and this guy's a shooter too, so he's going to be relevant for the re- his entire career. He's not going to be hitting two hundred and fifty threes a season for the rest of his career, but he's going to be that guy where they can count on to put him in a late game situation and hit a big shot. And, and so, if if the Warriors put themselves in positions, and you know they draft well, they're going to become a, a free agent destination because they have this this history of winning. You know they've kind of built this winning culture around, and that all starts from the top. Like you said, it's it's based on their executives, their GMs. You know, Steve Kerr's done a wonderful job with this team. I could seriously see Steve Kerr being the Greg Popovich of the Warriors, and I could see another similar situation where you have the Heat, where you have you'll have these star players, and then you'll have a veteran bench of just a bunch of shooters who you can count on to go in the game, who will play hard defense, and will hit their shots. And I'm not saying I don't know. Though I could see the Warriors over the next 20, 20 years win maybe five championships. Who, yeah. who knows? They they've li- they have it all set up. They, like you said, they got great executives. They got a, a fantastic coach in Steve Kerr, who I don't think gets enough credit because obviously you're going to think, oh, well, anyone can coach that team. But I think Steve Kerr does a really good job with that team. And I think if, even if you put him on another team, he's going to be a great coach. And I think... Over the years, there will be a testament to that to see how he does. But I could see Steve Kerr being with that Warriors franchise for the next 15 to 20 years. Yeah, He's only 52. Why not? And he's doing a really good job of it. Obviously, like you said, he's had he's had obviously a lot of talent to do so. But to be able to consistently that good and sh- like have that much respect for his te- from his teammates, he's got to be doing something right. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's get let's hop right into the hot takes there. Saturday night, a bunch of burger games. Um, Phoenix at Charlotte. Oh gosh, really? Uh, We're stuck uh, up with Phoenix. Phoenix at Char- it's six o'clock. Oof. Um, Devin Booker, seventy points. Phoenix wins. I agree, hundred percent. Washington, Miami. That's that's a one good game of tonight. The wi- I don't know what the Wizards. The Wizards are. If the Wizards win tonight. They're tied they're for tied for third. That's. A- I'm going with Washington. Man. I think they're going to come out really hot, and they're going to—they're going to—I think they're really going to try and push for the third seed. Yo, plot twist. Let's think about this for one second. If Cleveland ends up in fourth, they play Toronto in the second round. Yeah, we've never seen that before. So you're going to have a Boston, and you could see that team beat up each other, and then have maybe Boston in the conference final against a really weak team. Dude, who knows? Like anything, Let, I, um, anything can happen. Um, Memphis and Dallas. <laughs> oh. Um. Dude, Memphis is on like a 16-game losing streak. Yeah, I don't know, man. Dal- Dallas. I'm I want say, to say Dallas yeah, because I want I want Memphis to go. I want I want Memphis to lose the rest of the games this season. I want to see a, a record-breaking losing streak. Let's go, Dallas. DJ uh, Bray as a beast. Sure. Um, San Antonio against OKC. We this is the big game. So, like, for context, like Spurs are 37 and 28. They're in fifth place. OKC is 38 and 29 in seventh place. Um. You know, a win, an OKC win would put them in fifth, I presume. Does Minnesota play tonight? No, they don't. So, yeah, an OKC win would put them in fifth. And, look, I don't know, man. Like, this is a big game. Like, OKC really needs to play tonight. Like, they cannot be sloppy. Russ can't be sloppy. You know, he can't be turning the ball over. Anthony needs to hit some shots. George cannot have a game like he had against Phoenix. Like, he, they, they need to come out and play a complete game. Because this is a game that we could potentially look back at and say... This is the, one of the big, bigger games of the last month stretch that kind of mm-hmm. put OKC, if they finish third or fourth, this could be a reason why because of a game like this where they're playing a team that's right right below them, right sur- surrounding them in the in the race. Yeah. You know, this it's a big game tonight. I, 
I think OKC's at home, right? Yeah. I'll take Oklahoma City tonight. Chesapeake Arena. Let's go. Uh, Orlando LA Clippers. Clippers. Yeah, I think Clippers are going to keep uh, red hot. And they're like I said, they're going to really push for the playoff spot. All right, well, that's all that we have for today. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next week. See ya.